In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me, the Renaissance man, Brandon Gill. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing really well. Yeah, thanks so much, fam. How about yourself? Life is beautiful. Oh, man, it's such an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for being here today. I know you've got an extensive background in marketing, cannabis industry, NFTs, like music label, like all sorts of awesomeness. So I'm so excited to talk about you and your story today. But the first thing that I always ask, and this is my favorite question, but it's also the most loaded one. What inspired you on your journey to where you are today? That's a really good question. I think like what inspired me the most was just trying to really understand the goals that I had. And I guess like what I really wanted out of life that I think like just kind of in like an introspection, you know, of like who I am, you know, it's just kind of like through that and like my intuition is really what's guided me down the path uh, that I've gone down, you know, um, I, I really attribute to that, like mostly, you know, uh, so just like from understanding and what I want. That's incredible. And so I had read that you had a background in athletics, your family? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I grew up with a family that was extremely competitive. You know, everybody played uh, sports up through college. And my brother actually played a uh, professional baseball internationally. So you know, yeah, we were all pretty competitive growing up. My brother and I were always going at it in something, you know, whether it be on the field or some like game we would make up in the house too. We would always have fun like that. Uh, I can totally feel your pain. So my dad was a professional basketball player in Albania. He played for like the international team. I was in high school playing basketball at a game and he's like, why aren't you scoring like 20 points per game? I'm like, dad, I'm, I'm also not like 6'6". So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. So the competitiveness, I can feel that pressure. <laughs> I can feel it. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, so, sorry. So I don't think like the hype really came out in my uh, my side, on my end. But yeah, that's too funny. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really interesting. And uh, like just being like an international professional player, like on its own, that's like just such an incredible journey. I'm sure it really has some unique experiences. For sure. But that competitiveness, when you said competitiveness, I just thought of my dad and I remember him watching one of my games. And then I didn't inv- I didn't tell him <laughs> what the games were because I was like, I'm going to score like two points. And he's going to be like, Pam, why, why aren't you scoring another zero behind that? <laughs> So it's interesting growing up with athletes. That's for sure. That's incredible. I played baseball in Arkansas. So I went over there and that's where I went and went to school for like for college. And that was just a completely, you know, life-changing thing just to kind of get that different perspective in the way that people were and where they lived and just, you know, different backgrounds of people and stuff. So it was, it was really cool. That was an interesting experience for myself. That's incredible. That's incredible. So what did you want to be when you grew up? I mean, you know, definitely like to be a baseball player, to be a professional athlete was one to do something like along the lines of music, I would say would probably like be like the next to that as far as like those dream child, like aspirational things. But like aside from that, you know, I kind of, I mean, my mom is a, was a teacher. She's, she's always been like an educator. She did that for decades. And uh, so like, that was something that always, you know, also kind of called to me. And I also like entertained being an attorney for a little bit. So I had an internship. It wasn't really my thing. So, so yeah, so yeah, I've, I've kind of wanted to be a few different things 
things, I think, growing up, you know, I, I, I don't think, I think I want to be a lot of things. That's, that's what it is. You know, I wanted to be a lot of things. <laughs> that was like me too. I had so many different, so many different dreams and so many different things, you know, in my world, it was pretty much like, all right, Pam, I want to be on stages. I want to be singing, dancing. However, I can't sing. <laughs> so I had all yeah. these things that I wanted to be a doctor. And I was like, you know, the minute I saw blood or needles, I would pass out. So it's a wild journey that life takes us on. That's, That's so sure. funny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't think anybody, yeah, like, you know, those things in your head are great. Until like you really learn the reality of like what goes into them, you experience, you're like, mm, yeah, sorry, sorry, that's, you know, just like not at all what I thought it was, you know, just not in my interest. Totally, totally. And you have such an interesting path. So you had played in Arkansas. So was that during your college years? I played in Arkansas through like all my four years in college. I mean, from that, I was born and raised in Miami. So I played in Miami growing up, you know, like the down here in Florida is a powerhouse for sports, like really your power, you know, top three states, you got California, you got Texas, you know, you got uh, Florida, you know, in there as well too. So yeah, just really was competitive ball down here and, uh, you know, had some good teams, you had some great teammates, some great memories and stuff like that. But, but yeah, everything was just, uh, you know, throughout Florida just until like I got into college. So that's like, well, it was a little bit more of a shell shock to me once I'd gotten over there, you know, a little culture shock. Yeah, for sure. So who influenced you the most growing up? I know you mentioned your brother, you guys were kind of always at it, but was there a person or people in particular that really influenced you growing up? Yeah, I mean, for sure, my mom, my dad, and my brother are my top three people just because they were the people that I was, you know, around the most in my life. I was fortunate, you know, I didn't really have a, a mentor. I've never had a mentor really even to like this day, you know, and, but I didn't really need to only because I, I thankfully had like good guidance and had like my parents and I had my brother. So, you know, I was able to you know really look to them, like my parents and their work ethic. I mean, it's like the competitive aspect and like always trying to be better than my brother being the older brother. God forbid if you ever beat me in a one-on-one in basketball, we still to this day still has not happened but yeah I would say like that's like was what I attribute mostly who I am to is like my parents and my brother that's incredible so walk me through your college experience and shifting from professional baseball basically into owning like all these businesses you're basically like a shark which is incredible so walk me through that transition and how that sort of happened that's incredible yes yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it was just more than any, like, so after, I mean, obviously gearing up my whole life to, you know, have a collegiate career and, a, you know, then ultimately what I was thinking at one point in a professional career in baseball, you know, obviously things change and you just kind of need to look like, okay, well, you know, so what now? Do I want to kind of stay down the sports path and you know, possibly be a coach or something like that, which is fine. That's a path that uh, many people take, you know, just because this is a interest that they are, you know, so vested into and that they really appreciate and enjoy like a lifetime worth of it. So there was just kind of that, but I know that wasn't really what I, I, what I wanted to do. I felt like there was more and there was more that I can do that I would be limited to if I was to stay in sports and into coaching that industry. So yeah, like I think at that point, I just kind of went on a journey to try a little bit of everything. You know, I think like I've just changed my path so many different times. I think like my end goal was relatively the same, you know, until like I really figured out entrepreneurship, but yeah, I mean, I went into professional sales. I worked for a professional sales consulting firm, like as my first job. And then like after that, and so I did door-to-door sales for like companies like AT&T, for example, and like door-to-door business solutions. And nobody likes the AT&T guys. So I learned a lot, you know, door-to-door sales, getting rejected, talking to people, things like that. I talk to people and they don't want to talk to you even, you know, so... 
yeah, there's like a lot of that. And and that was you know, only for a few months before I, just, I got like a good corporate opportunity um, at a Fortune 500 company. Uh, as a Discovery Networks down here in Florida, which does like Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, TLC, et cetera, and like media programming, stuff like that, you know, advertising programming, et cetera. But really at that point, like about three months in is, you know, as like things started happening throughout my corporate experience and being limited in capabilities and not feeling, feeling like I was making so much of an impact and just, you know, the way that I had to manage relationships with my management and my leadership just kind of like made me think, okay, well, I don't think that if I were to go down this path for so many years that I would get ultimately to where I felt like I'd be most maybe fulfilled, you know, that's what kind of like introduced me. I actually had like a coworker and, you know, she was like hearing me, we were talking, you know, her and I, we had like a friend group that, you know, we were all just kind of like talking stuff. And, you know, she was like, man, you know, I want to introduce you to my buddies. You know, after like hearing her, hear me talk about like entrepreneurship, kind of doing my own thing. She's like, you know, they have this marketing agency that they're looking to start it up, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, like, I think like once I got it introduced to them um, was then like, you know, was really like what kind of kickstarted, you know, giving me like that taste of building a business and having, you know, things that I wanted out of life from that. And yeah, then just from there, like in that first business, we just had like different, we were just aligned like differently. And like, we uh, just had like, obviously like an amicable uh, parting in our partnership to where it's like, okay, like we'll focus on different things and you know we could always come back around and stuff but i would say like that's what it was was just you know from coming out of college experiencing new things failing in things and just like you know kind of like trying out new stuff learning growing and then just kind of like really listening to myself my intuition as i exposed myself to so many things that's like what was really like kind of was the foundation of my professional career and figuring out uh, what I really wanted. I think like for me, like, especially like at my agency, it was one of those things that a lot of people would tell me like, oh, you know, you have to hunker down and you need to focus on one niche to be able to scale up and to have like good sustainable business. You need to be like an expert in one service or an expert in one industry. And I never really agreed with that. You know, it's not like something that I felt would, you know, like I think like for an example, like in the saying of like, you know, jack of all trades is a master of none but still better than a master of one, just because I think they just have like just a better perspective, like, you know, from a holistic standpoint, you know, just being exposed to different things, like, you know, just different levels of what you're trying to accomplish or what you're working on. All these things, I just like kind of, allowed myself to be open to receive as much different opportunity as possible, different industry, different service, this and that. And um, I think like from there, I was able to really forge my way and understand, you know, where I could provide value, find different needs in different markets and, you know, just kind of like attack from there, you know, and just like develop myself. That's incredible. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. A couple of questions that I have to reel it back a little bit because your story is fascinating. So what was the process like when you transitioned from baseball into your career? Because I know that that's never easy, right? Because somebody may be listening today that may be about to take the step in a different direction and they had felt like they were in the right one. And then now all of a sudden the life presents itself, right? So walk me through that process a little bit of how you made the decision and how you got through the decision of like transitioning from baseball to your actual career. I think it was just like a lot of like soul searching and meditating and just exposure to different things. to like, just really understand, you know, like, is this like, you know, just looking in the perspective of what I really wanted out of life. Is this something that I am going to be able to invest myself into to really see what I, what I want out of it? Or am I going to have to do something else? So, you know, just like in kind of gauging things like that, I just made uh, the decision and, and, you know, the decisions are never easy it's, you know, for some people it's easier than others, but you know, when you just feel like strongly about something, the stronger you feel about something and you do something that your intuition is guiding you towards, it's much easier to make that decision. If you have other you know, things that you've been thinking about that you want to develop into. So, you know, like identifying that this is something that you need to transition from is one thing. And then understanding like the next step is another. So then like going to the next step, it's just kind of like, you know, at least for me, 
I had like understood. And like, obviously, when you take on new opportunities, when you're early on in your career, like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm going to be growing in. This is what I want to do forever. This is that blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, you don't really understand what you want to do. Or I guess like as things change and you realize, okay, like maybe this isn't what I want to do. Or hey, there's more to it than this. And I want to be involved in that. So that's like what I would say leading into that is just, you know, not knowing you don't have the answers. Knowing the only way to get to answers is to kind of fearlessly expose yourself to different things. And then I think like from that and really just being in tune with yourself and knowing like what you're more inclined to do and what you can kind of get out of these things you know, that are aligned with your goals. I think like that's what's going to help you make that decision to that next step. But really, that's all it is. It's I think it's also understanding that the next step is not the all or nothing step It's not the last step. And there's going to be like many more steps that come from that, you know. So I think like taking that next step is important and just kind of like still being aware of how you feel about things. And it's not like, again, oh, like okay, I made the decision to go be a teacher. I have to be a teacher now for 20 years for the rest of my life. It's like, no, okay, maybe I go to school for it or I get a substitute teaching job. You know, I don't really like how the classroom dynamic is and stuff. I'm gonna go do something else. And, you know, it's just like a matter of that. So that's like what I would say was really like what my journey looked like was, you know, just kind of like understanding the, that I wanted to make the transition, you know, kind of like understanding what I really wanted out of life and what I needed to expose myself to get those things. And then just having like the patience and the self-awareness to just like on top of what you need to manage in the, your day to day with those new things that you're taking on, always take time for yourself to kind of like sit back and say, okay, like, you know, kind of like having a board meeting with yourself is just what, you know, the, the company of Brandon Gill as a person wants to be in kind of like make these decisions and, you know, just like move forward accordingly, just keep checking in with yourself to make sure you're happy and in what you want to do. Yes. I love that. And I love that you said that it's okay to have a stepping stone just to say, okay, I'm moving on to the next thing, but it doesn't have to be the final thing. Right. Because I feel like some people freak out, right? Like they'll open a business or they'll do something. They'll take a job that they don't really want, but what they don't realize is that may take them to another place. Right. And in your case, you had done the door-to-door sales. And then you knew that was not going to be the end-all be-all for you. Right? Yeah, I definitely knew quickly. Yeah. But you, but, but you still did it, right? And then that led you to your corporate job. And from your corporate job, it led to your own ventures with it, which I think is really cool. And this is also really important for the people listening that, you know, if you're in a transitional period and you're about to take a stepping stone, like understand that it can be just a stepping stone to where you want to go. Don't just reject things because it's not where you want to be. You don't just get from A to Z. You know, you got to take some steps along the way to, to get there. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. And you just kind of kept that mentality of your goals long term. And you kind of kept going fluid with emotions, which I love. I think that's awesome. That's super awesome. And it was yeah. Me in my world, I had my restaurants, then it turned into real estate flipping, and then I got into brokerage. Yeah, nice. One step at a time, because if you you know if you try to get from A to Z, first off, you're going to overwhelm yourself, and second off, I mean, you just don't know what the journey is going to present to you. You know, absolutely, it shows you along the way, and it's part of the process. It's a hard one. It's a hard one to grab. And that's, you know, it's interesting because I feel like you talk to any kind of, you know, whether they're accomplished or had some sort of success, but I just think like entrepreneurs um, in general that, you know, are just like, they're really dynamic. And it's one of those things to where once like they're in that flow that they've had like a business that's been sustained for like quite some time or for some time, they realize like it's very dynamic. So I feel like you talk to any successful entrepreneur and they're going to tell you like, you know, yeah, like we test different, like, let's say like in the perspective of like a big business, like, yeah, we throw money to like different markets, test different things out, you know, like, but the keyword is like test, like we do different things. It's like problem solving. Okay. You know, this happens, you know, what are we going to do to like fix it now? And I think that, you know, like that 
consideration that that's like what the most successful people are doing. And like, you need to be dynamic in order to be successful. It's like the same thing as like, you go through the decision making process and aligning yourself to what you want to do. You know, it's just always like, okay, you know, this worked, this didn't work. I got to test this. Like now what, you know, okay, no, I like it here. I'm going to stay here, build a foundation and then like move over to that. But then like also one thing you said, yeah, in like in emphasizing that, you know, like long-term goals are really like the play here. And I think that you know, like long-term goals and everything goals are always like testing to change, right? Like my goals now, they're not going to be what they're going to be when they're 40, when I'm 40, 50 years old, you know, I'm going to have a family. I don't have a family right now. I'm in my twenties. And you know, that's something that I'm just going to adapt as, you know, kind of get to new stages and levels in my life. But you know, the point being is that like, if you do identify like a long-term goal, like the path, I'm sure like we've all seen kind of like that portrait to where like the path of success does, isn't like this, but it's looks more like that. But you ultimately get to that point, you know, I think like as long as like you keep your head because like this a problem that I personally have had sometimes and I wouldn't even say it as a problem, but it was more something that I needed to learn and to be aware of was to where my goals, my long term goals that require like a lot of development of different things like over time. And I think that's like anybody pretty much. And I think that sometimes I would get so submerged. In like the first stage of getting to where I wanted to be, let's say like really building and automating my marketing business. And let's say I remember back in the day before I had, you know, staff that I was, you know, really like literally building the captions like myself and the document, putting together the calendar, putting together like the graphics on Canva and stuff like that. And I just remember my day to day being just so immersed in like, oh, I got to create these things and a little nuanced details, so on and so forth. And, you know, I just think that now like you just can't get lost or think that like in the grind of what you're doing in that first step even though you get submerged in it, you can't lose sight of like the long-term goal. You know, I was able to think, okay, like this isn't going to be my life. This isn't what I want to do. That's going to get me to my end goal. So now I need to structure and automate this. And then now I could take that next step. Okay. Now what, you know, kind of like keep on building like in that way, but it is like a building process, you know, and a figuring out, uh, you know, type of like process discovery process to get to that goal. You know what I mean? You just need to make sure that you could kind of pull your head above water from time to time to make sure you're on track and, and, you know, going like the right way. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that in regards to your business. I was going to get into that for sure, because I think it's so important to talk about where you started, especially. right? So before we get into your business and what it was like to start that, I have a question for you because those door-to-door sales, that rejection that everybody seems to fear so, so, so much, right? How did you deal with that rejection and how did you take that? Like, what did you learn from it? Yeah, I think like really just exposure is the thing. I think like, you know, for example, if someone were to get a tattoo, like their first tattoo that they're exposed to the pain and maybe a little bit painful, but not like your second time around, you know what you're expecting. You know what I mean? You can kind of like manage the pain in that sense or be prepared for it at least. And then like as time goes on, like I don't have tattoos, but as time goes on, you know, I could, uh, this is from what uh, my friends tell me that, you know, it just gets better and easier, more manageable. And if anything, like it comes to a point where they enjoy it, you know? So I think it's like the same sense in facing rejection is that you have to understand that you are going to fail. You are going to face rejection and you just kind of need to come up the next time again, like regardless. And the next one may be a yes, but you're never going to get to that. Yes. If the fear of failure from the previous no that you got is going to cut, you know, stunt your growth and stunt your ability to get to that, that next. Yes. So that's like one thing just really like to think about it for me is that being a baseball player growing up is that baseball is a game of failure. So, you know, if you're batting, three out of 10 times you're getting hits, you're, you're batting 300. So you're 30%, but you're actually considered in the upper echelon, like one of the top premier hitters in the league. You know, uh, if you do it for a long time, you're actually considered a hall of famer. So, you know, in like understanding that you're going to fail the majority of times and you're at bats and you're going to fail the majority of times that you have like opportunities and still be considered great. That's something that I always tried to remind myself of and touch base was that, you know, it's just, 
you know, kind of like next at bat, you know, kind of like, let's, let's go like next, next thing, you know, and just kind of like, keep it like moving forward from there to lead me, you know, into like my bats, I hit a home run or, you know, I would have a successful attempt at what I was doing. So that's like what I would say, like door to door, try to understand like the failure of door to door sales and stuff, you know, is, uh, it's kind of like taking me to that, to that kind of understanding. I love that, Brandon. I love that you had mentioned with baseball too, using that metaphor is super important because A, I don't understand the 300 things, but I got it when you were saying it. <laughs> Which was awesome. Yeah. So if you if you basically hit three out of the 10 times, then you're considered in the upper echelon, which is kind of insane. I didn't know that baseball had the key to life. I get it now. Yeah, they they call baseball (laughs) the game of life. They do call baseball the game of life. That's actually, I would say like, that's one of the things as well too. And like growing up as an athlete, you know, my dad, you know, really like tied in uh, the sports aspect of, to, of it, like, you know, really used it to help me relate to life and different things. My dad was also like an entrepreneur. Uh, we have like an entrepreneurial family, like in different parts of our family. And so, you know, I think he you know, was able to kind of give me some life lessons that, you know, he was understanding of to, you know, kind of fed it to me through the game of the baseball. That's so cool. Starting a business from scratch, it's your first time and building that book of business and just running it <laughs> is something of its own. So how was it in the beginning? Because we all know, I've told you my stories, maxing credit cards, messing up my credit, like disaster. I mean, but that's what it is, right? You need to learn. (laughs) So for you starting your marketing venture? It was definitely making sure that I was always trying to find a way to scrap for some money and try to you know, fuel my entrepreneurial habits. I would say like I've definitely been on like eviction notice before. And uh, thankfully, I'm not an eviction notice anymore. But I have been in that case a few times. And so, you know, you're just always trying to make it happen. I think that people got to understand it's really tough for an entrepreneur if you're not taking any outside investment to be able to even like get loans and to do things that, you know, have like the kind of financial flexibility to that you need to keep a business intact. And especially like when building two to where you need to invest that your expenses are you know going to you know, really just exceed your revenue. You know, um, there, there's really like a lot of that in my business history as well too, like throughout the earlier years. And yeah, and, and even like now, you know what I mean? Like even like more recently as well too, like sometimes you, know, you just have to like make a big investment that you know is going to be better for the team. And you know, you just have to do those things. And um, yeah, so there was like definitely like a lot of financial gaps, I would say in like my journey. And that's like definitely led to enduring some, you know, some hardships and some, some good uh, humility. So I would say like there was a lot of that, but I would say it was just more so like dealing with every single task and every little nuanced detail of my business, uh, hands-on, you know, like I really built the infrastructure, you know, before I have like a, an operations director now, and he's really helped me, you know, taking what I've had to the next level. But I would say that in that process, especially like in the management of doing it all myself or before I had brought him on, I know how each aspect of my business works and, you know, all of these things, because I built that foundation. So that's what it was, it was just more day to day, you know, trying to figure out, I guess, like just how to improve my services, how to automate my services or like my offerings and everything. And um, that was it. It was much more smaller picture things, I would say. And then, but then that's the thing is like, you know, once I built that infrastructure and I really developed the infrastructure of my marketing agent. I didn't build that with the intent just to, to scale the client base. I also built that with the intent to scale a business portfolio too, whether it was my own businesses, that I get a winning idea and I put it in and then outcomes, 
you know, a, a, a winning company, you know, it was either like something like that or, or to where I can use my marketing team as like the marketing and sales arm of a you know, publicly traded company and get a good equity and, and value out of that too. So those things wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for me putting in the day-to-day menial tasks and stuff, you know? So yeah, that's like what a lot of the earlier stages of my business looked like were just much smaller scale things, like really minute details and um, scaling that up and, and trying to automate it and find, you know, ways to, you know, take, remove myself from that. And also financial gaps, uh, I would say like is another one too. Sure. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that, Brandon. And so going from your marketing agency and expanding into NFTs, the cannabis industry, record labels, and God knows what else is in your pipeline. <laughs> so how did that all happen? Because I think that that's so cool. I mean, I, I told you one of my goals is to shop one day. So I just think it's super cool. Everything that you're that you're involved in. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, really, it's just kind of been making sure that I was able to develop so much value and understanding like with my offerings and like with what I have that I was able to find opportunities in the markets to like really capitalize on. So NFTs are just like a groundbreaking thing. So I got introduced to one of my, my partners, like my music uh, label partner to like a uh, fantastic group, New World Inc. I had like a major acquisition, the only public acquisition in this space from Graph Blockchain and, you know, was able to really develop that relationship to service and not just like service them, but then even, you know, leverage myself to administrative control and positions and things like that. Uh, The same thing goes for like the CBD and hemp, you know, like they started off as a client, provided great value. And, um, you know, from there was able to leverage a board position and more things as well. But yeah, CBD and hemp, when I was exposed to that space, I just saw how it was helping people. And I saw how it was helping people get off of pharmaceutical medications. I saw a child you know, he was there and, and was able to experience less seizures on a day-to-day basis and using these products. And I was like, man, I really got to be involved in the distribution of this. And that industry was a, a monster in its own that I just kind of fell down the rabbit hole and really enjoyed and, and uh, became like embedded into. But yeah, same thing for, I mean, I would say like, I, I really am keen to, I don't know, just like really enjoy like emerging spaces, like opportunities like that, you know, especially like in growing with like the CBD and hemp space. I just have like an eye for these emerging spaces and how they work and how to grow them and establish myself to have like leading market share as like more come about. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's just kind of like what it's been just uh, following my interest music, huge passion of mine. I know we were talking beforehand and I was telling you, you know, being a musician, like type of thing, like along there with baseball was like a dream until you realize that you don't have any musical talents and it's tough, but yeah, no, I just need to practice, right? We just need to practice. That's it. We just need to practice learning an instrument and we'll be good. But yeah, that's like really all it is. It's just, you know, kind of figuring out a very strong foundation to provide value and then also being like very aware of opportunities and thinking how can I provide value if this is something that's like of high interest to me. That's incredible. That's incredible. And based on your venture and the ventures that you're involved with, what would be your biggest pieces of advice for anyone who's interested in starting their own business or even just taking part in in different companies as you have? Yeah, just doing it. You know, that's literally all there is. It's just doing it. A lot of people are just kind of frozen in um, not really fear, but I would just say like the unknown and just kind of like taking that next step. And, you know, really, you just got to do it. You know, like it's no better day than to start today, even if it's not like obviously, okay, let's start my business tomorrow. It's more like, okay, let's start thinking about what I want to do, what I want to get into. I'm going to transition, you know, organizing life to accommodate how you want to now get into entrepreneurship. You know what I mean? So I, I think like that's 
kind of like what I would say is like the advice is to just kind of like do it, just kind of like figure out where you're at in your life. And then just like the next steps that you need to take to make that adjustment into like what you want to do. Um, there's a lot of information on the internet. You can really look anything up nowadays and figure out the how to for things and not reinvent the wheel, but then kind of like figure out that foundation and figure out how you, you know, you can reinvent the wheel. You know, once you get a grasp and a start into something, you know, but you got to crawl and before you walk type of thing, but yeah, just getting started, just doing it. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And now I have the the biggest question and one of my favorites for you. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yep. Exactly. They haven't been too bad thus far. I'm nervous. <laughs> what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Just don't worry. You know, and kind of focus on yourself, and um, that you can focus on yourself, and you know, you can be there for everybody too. Um, obviously like those, you know, sacrifices are made, but just, you know, as long as, you know, as long as like you do your own thing and put yourself first and you just like follow like your own tuition and what you really want out of life, it's all going to be good. Everything that you want is going to gravitate towards you as so long as you pass down that path. And that's like really what I would say, just, you know, don't, yeah, don't be scared. Just uh, make yourself a priority. Just go get it, you know, just get, just, just have fun and get after it. That's amazing. And I have another question for you and it'll be my final one. I promise. <laughs> no, that's all, no, great questions. During your toughest moments, as you were mentioning, you know, being an entrepreneur and basically going through all these different things, trying to figure it all out. Right. In your underdog moments, I would say, what was the biggest lesson that you learned there on how you overcame? Just got to stick in there. I think that a lot of people I think it's like very easy to give up. And it's very easy to kind of like resort to some comfort when you're feeling discomfort. I think that's like, you know, the first reaction, just naturally when you feel anything, you, feel, you put your hand on the stove, your first reaction is to kind of get your hand off a hot stove, right? So it's just like kind of like bearing through the pain, bearing through, uh, you know, just kind of keep your hand on the stove figuratively, just kind of like keep pushing through it. But all these things pass. Uh, nothing is ever life or death. Nothing is ever the end. You're always going to have like the next day to like keep building and you know keep growing. And if you fall flat on your face, then I've literally fallen flat on my face and, you know, have just not looked good in several circumstances over the years. It's just like understanding that stuff's going to happen, but it's how you grow from it and build from that and understand it's not the end of the world. And, you know, it's just like what makes you stronger. I don't think anybody has gotten uh, to be successful without failure, without understanding how to navigate around, you know, failure. I think like unsuccess is what shows you like the path to success type of thing, you know, being unsuccessful. So um, yeah, just sticking through it. Just see there's no other option. I love that, Brandon. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're a total rock star in your realm. And I'm so excited to see what you do in the future. But now tell me, Thank what you. are you up to in the next six to 12 months? What's happening in your world? The next six to 12 months, I can't give it all away because it's a lot of it is too surprise and is uh, want to just want to keep it at a surprise. You know, I would say mainly is um, just like in continuing to develop. We have a lot of good things going on with our companies right now, like the Nas Valley uh, and the CBD and hemp space and like with New World and like NFTs. A lot of that we've uh, set some like incredible foundation, seen some great results. And uh, right now, everybody like is, you know, the companies are all just scaling, you know, it's all like in that scaling phase. So we have like a lot of things set up and planned to keep taking us to like new levels so it's just going to be like a fun ride i think i'm just going to be more just observing analyzing and you know just seeing just what happens from all the work that we've been putting in you know i think like all the work has been there now it's at that time q4 drive it home q1 
you know, everything is uh, going to start launching, you know, for like the next things that we have planned come to fruition. You know, it's going to be fun just just to let time play out to see like, you know, the things that we've been working on. Clients are going well, you know, all these things. So that's what I would say. And there's like a couple of new ventures that I'm in progress right now and getting off the ground that are also exciting for me that you, you know, that may be, you know, shown, but yeah, I think like right now it's just, uh, you know, just scaling, just scaling for the next, these next companies. We have some exciting things planned, so it's going to be fun. That's incredible. It sounds like harvesting season is coming up for you, my friend. You've put in the work. Now it's time to harvest. Yeah. Let's see. Everybody thinks that it's harvesting until you realize now it's uh, still got a couple more seasons to go. Still got some months, some more months to go before everything blooms. So it's just you never know. Right. Like, you know, just one of those things. I, I'm ready. You know, I'm expecting it to be done. But also, you know, I understand that, you know, everything also happens in the right time, too. So combination of the both. So exciting. So excited, my friend. I'm so excited for you and your future to see where all your ventures go and the more of them that are coming your way. That's for sure. That's for sure. And now Brandon, where can everybody find you? Everybody could find me on Instagram. You know, you can find me at, at Brandon Gill with one L uh, at Brandon Gill 11. Um, you know, you could also get me on LinkedIn as well, too. You, know, you could add me, Brandon Gill, just, you know, connect with me socially. More than happy to connect. You know, my, you know, my email address is all listed there. My website is uh, gill.marketing. And um, yeah, you could find all my contact information is there. Reach out to me. Yeah, I'm always open to having a great conversation. So don't hesitate if uh, if anything. Awesome. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for being here today, sharing your insight, your journey and all of that. You are awesome, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Pam, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You had like awesome questions. So I, I hope to come back again and, you know, we can catch up and hopefully we uh, we've got some good progress to share with each other. Absolutely, my friend. I'm so excited to see what you're up to super soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift and join us on the next episode.